Hello and welcome to Anime Review. The filler episodes, we're not sure yet it's a working title. I am Matt, this is Andrew, and this is a podcast where we're going to talk about anime we are currently watching. We're going to be starting from the beginning of any anime we watch on this show, so feel free to watch along with us or go on ahead and enjoy. Just like all your friends, you've always tried to get into anime or that friend who's always behind on what you're watching that you really want to talk about it with, we promise to catch up eventually. Without further ado, we're going to be going over Season 1, Episode 2, and 3 of Demon Slayer, or Kometsu no Yaiba for all y'all Japanese listeners out there. Tanjiro is on the hunt to find a man named Orokodaki. In his travels, he comes face to face with a demon. Tanjiro must find a way to defeat this new threat while Nezuko attempts to defend her older brother. Alright. Andrew, are you ready? Always ready. Alright, let's get going then. Let's start off with with you know our first our first scene. What's what's going on? Okay, well you know it kind of does a very cool cut right in that beginning where they start to mention the Demon Slayer Corp. Well, right before that, oh, we have to we have to point out the fact really quick that they're of course showing off right in the beginning of the episode once again that Tandra is overly helpful. Oh, very much so. Yeah, I, they show Tanjiro the good boy. Like, I want a basket, but but it doesn't matter if it's trash to you. I'm still paying you for it, regardless of what you say about it. He's, you're like, I don't I don't need money. Just take take the material. And then he strongly places the money in his hand. And you see him in the frame being like, ow, dude. <laughs> like, it literally hurts the guy giving him money. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I find that hilarious because they give you a little upbeat tone right in the beginning. And then, you know, it pivots. Yeah, yeah. Also, gotta love Lisa for that intro music. Oh, yeah, yeah. So good. 100%. That is the best opening, I believe, of what was this year? 2019? 2020? Oh, God, I have no idea. When the, Whenever the first season came out, that was on every anime playlist. That was in every Weeb's Dreams for that entire, <laughs> like, at least two years easily on repeat. <laughs> I mean, it's in my playlist now to this day. <laughs> Which we're we're in in 2023 now. It's still a banger. Like uh, well, and to throw out the fact that Demon Slayer is still going. I mean, they're 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 a long-running series now. They had a big break, a big but back to episode 1. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more in filler episodes. Uh yeah, then we then we then we cut to you know, seeing Nezuko in a hole. Oh, yeah. She's in a hole. She dug herself further into the ground inside a cave. <laughs> Which was adorable. But they had that one shot of her eyes, like, showcasing the fact that she's back to normal again. And she's also just looking kind of meh <laughs> about <laughs> everything, about this whole fucking situation happening. And she's like, yeah, uh, like, light's no good. I'm staying in this hole. Screw this. Uh, but then, like, showcasing her abilities. And being like, oh, like not only can she get bigger, she can get smaller too, uh, to get inside that basket. Ah, oh, yeah, that was that was adorable because Tanjiro was like, "We got to keep moving in the daytime. Do you think you can uh, shrink yourself a little further there?" But it's also what I'm really excited about: the fact that now he's going to be having Nezuko on his back all the time. She's turned into a Pokemon. I don't care who says <laughs> it. <laughs> she turned into a Pokemon. 
for Tanjiro. Yes, but but Tanjiro can only choose her at night. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> that's the one stipulation of the Nezuko Pokemon trading card. But you know, I guess we should talk about why he's trying to uh, pack her up and keep moving because he has a destination in mind. Well, yeah, we learned we learned uh, last episode he's got to look for Mister uh, Orokudaki, uh, which is the name of this episode, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Andrew, could you? I <laughs> I did forget. I think it was meeting. Um, I'm forgetting his first name, but it the title. Uh, I think it's Sengoku. The title is his actual name. Um, something Urokodaki. Um, it, it's... well, I will refer to him from now on as Mister Urokodaki. <laughs> it's more like Sensei Urokodaki. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but that's what I'll refer to him as. So everyone knows who I'm talking about. I mean, yes. So, you know, Tanjiro's on his way, and he he needs to find his way to Mr. Urokodaki over a mountain. So he's asking some directions, and he finds the easiest, quickest way is to cut through the mountain. Yeah, and which the lady's like, super dangerous. Super dangerous, by the way. And it's getting dark, and you have a big old basket of stuff, and Gino knows what's in there, but he does. And he's like, it'll be fine. And and Tanjiro is also always like, no worries, I have my super smeller. He's like, you get it? I I know when danger's coming. Uh, and then we get our, I guess, I guess our first uh, demon sighting of the Nezuko at this point. Yeah, it's the first demon we meet, and he is just munching on some people. It's so exciting. It like. Very in, in the in the interaction with the demon. Well, that that whole like, wait a second, are you two humans? And I was like, oh, this, this shit's about to go down. So like, besides seeing Nezuko, who's completely nonverbal, by the way, and seeing a guy be able to speak and essentially hold some like cognitive thought, yeah, and be able to articulate what he's like saying, he's like. He's creepy. He's just straight creepy when you see him. And you're like, like, what happened with Nezuko? Why can't she speak? I, besides having the bamboo in her mouth. Well, that that's what I was thinking. I'm like, maybe maybe it's because of the bamboo in her mouth right now. And oh my God, her salivating, looking over those bodies while Tandro is starting that fight with that demon. Uh, which I don't believe we got a name of. Uh, no, I don't believe we did. I bet if you looked it up, in some way you'd be able to find X demon's name by all means do that. If yeah, you please want to, I, tell I would, us, <laughs> I would love to hear about the name. Uh, but, but then that, that lunge and that, that sick, uh, ax swing. Oh, this sick, quick hatchet throat slice. And he's like, Oh, a freaking hatchet, dude. That was cool. That doesn't <laughs> matter though. Cause I'm going to heal that. Yeah. He was like, nice kid. And it's like, what what do you mean heal the throat slice? Well, I mean we did learn last episode that that demons can heal quickly. And I believe they stated that it it depends on feeding on humans on how quickly you can do I'm that. I'm not I'm not I'm not sure if they said that, but I I mean I would imagine that would make sense like maybe it's some kind of life force thing or something like that. Like he was just freshly chomping on some people. I felt like maybe he had like a quicker regen because of that. That's my own idea. I have to I have to showcase really quick that that football kick 
Like that that front push kick, like that traditional Okinawan karate front push kick to his like making that demon's head fly off. <laughs> and then and then just immediately going to a straight up soccer kick to the body when when she saw it move a little bit. Yeah, I mean, talk about an insanely cool moment though. Like his head came clean off like with a kick. And and Tanjiro was like, "Bro, Nezuko, you just you just killed him." My favorite thing ever is the head with just arms running around. I don't know why, but that is that was amazing for me. And and we learned that it's not just like regeneration that they can do. Like this dude grew arms out of his head. Yeah, while his body was continually like continuing to fight Nezuko. Yeah, like so not only can their head be severed, they can still control their body separate. And... That's like, well, it was almost like its body was controlling itself, and then he was controlling the part because he he, he didn't know what was going on with his body uh, until uh, we find out that his body fell off a cliff. And... Well, that happens because because Tanjiro makes the same exact mistake that he made in the first episode, throws his hatchet, gets him stuck against the tree. Great, cool, awesome moment. And then turns his back to his enemy and runs off to go help Nezuko with no weapon. Uh, and then proceeds to tackle him off a cliff and almost kill himself. Thankfully, Nezuko's right there. Uh, like, savior, damsel in distress. But as we know, Tanjiro was willingly to throw his life away for his little sister. No matter the, no matter what's gonna happen to him. Yeah, well, I we mean, we saw it with Gyu. Isn't isn't that the whole thing with with Gyu being like, what's gonna happen to your sister if you die? That's why I say like he's making the same mistakes right now. Yeah, he's still brash and still young, and this is this is actually the perfect thing for us to be doing episodes two and three right now because it shows us the growth. Later. Yeah, we do get we do get a lot of growth throughout episode three. Also, really quick, excellent like body hitting pavement moment like i don't know why i like really enjoyed that animation of of that guy hitting the bottom of the cliff i think it was the stiffness of the fall like where he landed and just that that thud <laughs> like that that is just peak cool like cool moment <laughs> like I, I i can't i can't I, i'm like losing my thought on that but it, it's it's one of the more like kind of gruesome moments plus you find that he knows like oh wait my body's dead what like what did they do because he has no idea the head is pinned to the tree and he's like his hair was also kind of alive and was curling and wrapping around the hatchet and he was like well that was a dumb idea i shouldn't have done that (laughs) because he got completely pinned to that well because well, then uh like apparently his hair got tangled uh by wrapping it around the axe uh but i mean you know again a little little throwback from last episode if you haven't seen it we covered episode one uh that that axe really came in clutch again this episode uh but but moving on from that scene tandra having that difficulty uh and mr orokodaki appearing uh, for the for the first time, we get to see uh, who this dude is. Uh, we don't know it's him immediately, but he kind of just appears and scares the shit out of Tanjiro. I mean, yeah, for good reason. But he he's kind of without us knowing, without Tanjiro knowing, he's sussing out Tanjiro's abilities. 
because Giyu vouched for him. He said, please train him. Well, we do hear about that in the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so Earl Kadaki is watching him saying, you know, that hatchet, the knife, well, it's not has... enough to kill this demon. Yeah, and he so, and and then he picks up that rock. That's what I was saying. He was like, he's testing him to see where he's at. Well, I will say, like his his own super smeller being like, oh, he uh, oh, what are the words I'm looking for? Uh, he has he has the scent of empathy. Uh, and he has empathy even for a demon. Uh, to be like, oh, like this, this is never gonna work. This kid's not gonna make it. Yeah, that was a powerful moment when he was like, he, he's standing in front of a demon. He still feels remorse for having to kill this thing. He's never gonna make it in this world. And you go, well, that is Tanjiro. As far as we know him at this current moment, he is just a very good boy. He's not built for killing, but he is built for protecting. And that's essentially what Giyu saw in him. And that is kind of cool to see that, especially in episode one. He's like, you got to train this guy. He kind of reminds me of you with the way you smell things. And I think he's got something. Him and his sister's bond seem to be something else. Yeah, well, then then immediately going and following up with teaching Tanjiro a lesson right away and slapping him in the face as soon as... uh. As soon as he doesn't respond to him being like, what are you going to do if your sister eats a human? And then smacks him in the face and is like, you're going to you're gonna kill her and then slit your belly and kill yourself. And that's what it means traveling with a demon. Uh, that, you know, that can never happen no matter the cost and all that. But it was that I felt like was was a really powerful scene because it's it's really showing to Tanjiro or at least like letting him know like, this is your these are your options. You're you're either going to let this go right now or or that's going to happen and I'm going to test you. That is some of the like heaviest things that I think Tanjiro is going to have had to hear up until like right now. So, he has give, been given two choices and those two choices are you kill yourself and your sister or you toughen up and you find a way to protect yourself and your sister. And that's essentially what Gyu's whole thing was. He's like, we need this dude in the demon core. Yeah, absolutely. We need, we need him here as a hunter. There is something here. There is something going on between this demon's like state of being and their humanity. And it hasn't fully slipped away yet. And that that's interesting. Well, I think I think the cool part about that is is you in last in the last episode being like, well, there's something really different with with them, and being like, okay, well, let's let's go and find out if this is actually going to work. There's something about this that's different from all of the other times I've experienced demons. She's not attacking people. I'm confident in that, and that that's very powerful in the, in and of itself. Being like, oh, she's not going to harm a person. Having having someone from the demon hunter core vouched for them especially as a nobody as someone who he literally was just like oh this guy's sister's a demon time to do my job and then the two of them defended each other to a point where he's like this doesn't make any sense to me but we're gonna we're gonna keep seeing what's going on with that um all of a sudden you know Earl Kadaki gives him the like goal which is you got to find a way to kill this thing. What are you going to do? 
and he's like, I'm going to bash its head with a rock because it's the only way to do it. But he's like, I need to find a way to kill this thing with one swift blow. And you're like, hmm. Well, I mean, I, it wasn't that? it wasn't like I, I need to find a way. It was like, isn't there a way? Yeah, he wants he was like He was like, I would rather kill it in one blow than making it suffer. And that's when Orokodaki was like, oh, like, you know, he has empathy even for a demon. But then, like, cue the sun coming up. Yeah, and the sun came up because of Tandra's hesitation. And that decision was made for him. Yeah. Well, I mean, regardless, the demon was going to get killed. I mean, I'm, I imagine Mr. Orokodaki would have done it had Tandra not. Uh, which I would have loved to get to see Mr. Orokodaki actually fight. Yeah, you don't really get to see it. You know, the most you get is some training montages in episode three. Uh, but, but, well... Spoiler, uh, big time. I, we're talking about it. That's a, that's a spoiler. That's that's you know we're not there yet. I mean we're getting there. We're <laughs> we're doing it in the same episode. We're covering it all. Spoiler alert for this ep- upcoming discussion. We're like fifteen minutes from now. <laughs> I mean, but I mean it was it was this. it was an epic episode in general. Like talking about like the whole ending being a training montage. Of him going down the mountain. That was my favorite scene for this episode. Him going down the mountain and realizing that there were all these traps and everything like that. And like actually seeing the traps in action. Like him getting hit in the face with those rocks and stuff like that. And him getting the determination finally to be like, I have to do this for Nezuko. This is my only way. I don't know any other way. So this is the course that I'm taking. That's his whole driving force. He's like, I'm doing this for Nezuko. I have to get strong for Nezuko. So it seems like the the whole ideal that was pretty much driven into him by Urokodaki and Gyu saying, you have to do this for your sister, not just yourself, is truthfully like one of the most powerful things. But if we go back for just one second, when Urokodaki was like, fine, I'll teach you, then he's like, we're going to go start training. They start running, and Tanjiro can barely keep up with him. Yeah. And he's, like, significantly older. So that's like, okay, he's crazy strong. And then when they get there, he's like, are we done? Did I pass? And he's like, <laughs> no, nah, we're going into a mountain. And you're then, like, like you said before, all those traps and all those things to yep. make it harder for him to get back home, that's the real test. That's his true grit test to see if he's got what it takes. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I I did love that scene of him him being out out of breath and being like, "Did I pass?" And he's like, "No, the test is just starting right now. We're gonna go climb a mountain," and then gets to the top and is like, "Okay, find your way back to the house." And Tandro is like, "Easy, no problem. I know how to smell you." Yeah, he's like, "I I memorized his scent already," and then you know he makes it down and he's like, "I'll train you." And then I'm pretty sure that was kind of and, like yeah, end. that's that's, that's how, the end of the episode. Which I do have a gripe about the English translation in that. Like, I don't know why it carried so much more weight for me again in Japanese uh, when it was when he was actually selecting him as a student and being like, "Oh, please train him." I forget exactly what he said. Like, "Oh, he can he can become your something." But it's basically like a. Uh, version of student that's like, oh, th- this could be like your number one student, basically. Yeah. Uh, to be like your actual person who's going to take over the reins for you in the future. I'm that word is slipping my mind as well. But he was essentially just like, yeah, you, you, I will train you, and you got what it takes. 
and that's and that's the episode two and then quick nutshell guys like is is very powerful time well what's your what's your favorite episode uh favorite scene my favorite scene okay uh so as a goofy part it's probably the very beginning when he like almost breaks that dude's hand (laughs) yeah i get trying to give him money because he's like i'm the goodest boy please i gotta give you something for helping me and you're like okay he's got he's got good value as a as a person as a young man a hundred percent i could get that yeah i think i i gotta say the training montage was was definitely my favorite there well what's your mvp oh man that is that is crazy uh, that because this this one is hard this one's a hard pick uh mvp is is probably uro kadaki teaching him that lesson when he was dealing with the decapitated demon i get that i get that my mvp uh is quite possibly the axe again um <laughs> That that axe is just doing all the work right now. Don't get me wrong, like Tanjiro, he's he's definitely trying his best and stuff like that, but he's making way too many mistakes. Compared to that axe, that axe is not missed. That axe is literally not missed. I'm sorry, but the axe is gone now. <laughs> yeah, which is super disappointing. I really wanted that whole like maybe it'll be Tanjiro's weapon from here on out. He'll just have an axe and be an axe wielder for the rest of the season. That would be probably one of the funniest things if as a sidearm he has a hatchet. Just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, come on guys. I I know the Demon Slayer manga has since ended. Uh but I'm still holding out hope. Well, well my my runner up for MVP is that bamboo during the training montage where it just beat the shit out of Tanjiro, but it also gave us that one singular 3D scene where it seems like all the animators were like, "Nope, we're not doing that again." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, was there anything in this episode that was kind of a miss for you? Um, honestly, like the the biggest miss that I had was really about the translation, like. I had I had a really difficult time in this episode finding something that missed for me. Did, what missed for you though? Uh, it, it was something so kind of like insignificant, and like you were saying, it breaks down a translation. But it's more like the voice acting, and for me, I prefer watching anime subbed as opposed to watching it dubbed. But I'm doing the dub because I've never listened to it, and I'm just curious. Um, the dub in the beginning when he's trying to get Nezuko in the box kind of made my skin crawl in like a cringy moment just because it was weird. Uh, he was like, grow for me, little Nezuko or shrink for me, little Nezuko. I'm uh, like, I'm like, Ugh. yeah, I get that. That that was a little bit like, uh, a little too much like creepy older brother, sister vibe. And it was like, it was the overuse of anime voice, you know, like you're trying to kind of be like, eh you know with it and i'm just like now it's just borderline creepy <laughs> yeah i i definitely get that for but that episode. it was literally just that one moment because tanjiro his voice actor has not really done that too much and it was just that specific moment that made me like okay i uh, mean let's let's pump the brakes here <laughs> other than that though i felt like like this episode really got me hyped for future events because we actually got to see action uh we got to see the beginning of training yeah, well, that that's what I was about to say, and we also got to see uh, training start and him being like, okay, well, well, now stuff is actually happening to our MC outside of like meeting a dude. That's very fair. 
so yeah, I mean, I I kind of agree with you with the with that scene, but it's like I wanted to watch the process of Nezuko shrinking, which by the way, Chibi Nezuko adorable, best. Like I, <laughs> the, you know, I'll never get over that. But uh, in, in general, uh, that was probably my least favorite scene of the whole episode, even though it was cool to see that whole uh, like display of Nezuko's abilities. Uh, and to actually see her like fight and be like, okay, well, it looks like it's Taekwondo because she's only using kicks. I kind of want to know where she learned to fucking fight. That's a good point. Oh, that's... Mm, see, this is what makes me even more curious about Tanjiro's dad. Like, was she trained in self-defense? Because like, you don't just know how to do a flying roundhouse kick. I mean, anime, though. Yeah, rule cool. yeah i mean uh, or maybe maybe that's what happens when you when you fight demons or become a demon you immediately get some kind of fighting ability or just like you're freakishly strong and you're like whatever anything i do is gonna do that (laughs) i guess and you have a healing factor now i guess uh but moving on to, to episode three as nezuko slips unexpectedly into a long slumber tanjiro trains with mr urokodaki in order to join the Demon Slayer Corps, he must first prepare himself for something called the Final Selection. I got so excited about the beginning of Episode 3 because I came to the realization that this is all coming from Tanjiro's notebook, his journal. Oh yeah, he's he's just talking to us well the perspective into a a book the perspective is that we're getting to see is is reading from tanjiro's journal which is really exciting to me as a form of storytelling and wasn't he making this to read to nezuko during like well hopefully after undemification if you want to call it that well i think he was he was doing that uh just after she wakes up um but but that being said, it became very helpful to Tanjiro as well. But the interesting thing is that we're hearing it as though Tanjiro is reading it. So my question is, at the end of all of this, is this going to be him and Nezuko sitting down, him reading this to Nezuko after it's all over and done at the end of the anime? Which is like what, why I say like, oh, this is such a cool form of storytelling because I don't know if this is someone else reading Tanjiro's journal at the end. You know what I mean? Like this could be Tanjiro's son reading his his journal of him becoming a, a demon slayer. Uh that would be a very fun like if they ever made a spin-off, if they ever made OVAs Well, I don't know. I've of, never like, after the fact. I've never watched the end. I've never I I didn't finish Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer's still running and I haven't read the manga at all. So, you know, that's a possibility for me. Or, you know, if Nezuko does get healed and fixed and becomes human again maybe she reads those stories to her children and then you know if she you know if she has children i don't know what's gonna happen yet but that would be a very cute thing she's like my big brother saved me my big brother wrote a story about his life during the training years yeah i mean that that's that's true as well who knows what what's really what really is that all about you know what i mean but that that's what gets me really excited for the future of the anime uh this opening for season uh not season sorry for episode three 
which I mixed up with the epi- episode opening for episode two. Yes. <laughs> um, but they start describing the story of the Demon Slayer Corps. Yeah, have they have they been around for for hundreds of years? Or I don't remember if they said hundreds or thousands of years. But they only number in the hundreds themselves, and they operate outside the government. The government doesn't know they exist. Yeah, kind of like a world masquerade situation. But also, the whole uh, idea that nobody knows who runs the Demon Slayer Corps. It's like a very secret society that even the people at power do not know. Uh, it also lets us know the only ways a demon can be killed is by sunlight or decapitation with a special sword. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, hence, <laughs> hence the emphasis. Hence the emphasis on Gyu's weapon in episode one. We also find out because, you know, we did hear about it in some brief detail from Gyu, from Orokodaki, that the primary source of food for demons is humans. And that is the never-ending battle is between these normal human fighters, these um, these demon slayers. Yes, it, it also said about... Uh, that's when we learned that. Yeah, I also mistook this for happening last episode. But uh, they also... That's when they said, oh, like demons' wounds heal very quickly. Whereas humans don't. Yeah, they emphasize it in this saying that these human flesh bodies have to fight and, you know, essentially keep demons at bay. And you're like, well, that seems completely unfair. (laughs) Well, it seems very imbalanced. (laughs) Like, like it, it, it seems very difficult for demons who are just like, Oh, I got my blood on you while you had an open wound. And it's like, yeah, trying to eradicate a disease basically with swords. Yeah, but I was like, that is a kind of our introduction beyond uh, Giyu and finding out Urokodaki trains people to do something called the final selection. Yeah, uh, well, we also get a little a quick like synopsis of how like the Japanese katana is, and uh, you know Tanjiro starting his training with Urokodaki, finally getting to you know hold a sword and use it, and then we hear about the ten water breathing techniques, which I'm infinitely curious about. Like, I want to know, like, I guess that's that's that little bit that we get to see in the intro. Uh, From what I, like, kind of know is that these different kinds of spoilers. No, no, not not in not in the show specifically. But these techniques are based off of real real sword styles. So all these different breathing forms are based off of different kind of sword styles with katanas. Um, You can look those things up they are very interesting to know and i'm not going to pretend i know all of that but i know it is based off of true factual things and i will be looking that up after this episode without a doubt <laughs> like uh like i like sword fighting that is an actual hobby of mine so uh fantastic i can't wait to learn about that yeah and then well we get a quick classic waterfall scene which i found hilarious of tundra being like i am water i <laughs> And then, like, Urokodaki kicks him off. He's like, go in. And he's like, I'm doing it for Nezuko. <laughs> yeah, and then right after that, being like, I am water. <laughs> uh, and so any, any waterfall scene where you see a training and they just have their palms together and they're just, like, getting pummeled by it, it's just, it's freaking hilarious. 
but yeah, I wonder what kind of weird ancient strength training that is. I guess it's like a form of endurance squatting. And then we get six months. Nope. One year of training later. Yeah, we find out while Tanjiro is filling out his journal that Nezuko has been unconscious for six months and they had to call a doctor. Yeah, well, and then and then another six months went by. And yeah, and then... Well, the doctor found out there was nothing wrong and then that happened. But, you know, just, just to lump it all together, this is why I like training arcs in anything and this was a training episode. Tanjiro trained for two years. If you break down the math. Well, total, yeah. Yeah, but, two years but, total. But before that, like, he trained for the full year, and then Orokodaki's like, come with me, and then you get to see, it's time to cut the holy boulder. Like, that's the next step in training, is cut the holy boulder. Yeah, but what's even crazier, he says, I've taught you all I can. I will not teach you anything else from here on. Yeah, getting getting that final uh, word from Orokodaki. I have nothing more to teach you. Now the rest is up to you on whether or not you can move to the next level. And then shows him, cut this boulder with the sword that I gave you. Also, really quick, the fact that Tanjiro did start to struggle a lot more when he first got the sword. Uh, which is a cool thing of being like, oh, it's a lot more difficult to move around and it throws my balance off and all that. Uh, whereas maybe if he had an axe, he would have been more used to it. Yeah, with those very cool training montages, you know, the uh, stakes were upped, the traps became more lethal, he said his super smeller got even better, he was able to sense more danger easier. Uh, so... Yeah, and the traps became so much more dangerous, like instead of rocks, now there's swords flying at him. And he did like, you know, his generic arm sw- his sword swings and he would do that until his arms wanted to fall off and then Uro Kodaki was like keep going motherfucker you gotta go and it's just like okay he's getting his ass kicked <laughs> <laughs> well I mean that's the whole point right he's like he's he's training he's training until the point that he can't anymore then we get him doing that for six more months of trying to cut this boulder with never breaking his sword so that sword's holding up that segues to his solo training montages where he's doing his his constant reps that he learned from Uro Kodaki. He was trying to stay limber. He's trying to strengthen himself. He's doing all these things that he wrote down in this journal. He's like, it's a good thing I kept track of this because I needed this. And then, you know, you remember the name of this episode? No. I believe it's just Sabito and Makoto or Makoto and Sabito. It's- yes, that's right. Then then we get to see this epic introduction of the new character, Sabito, uh, which is just so awesome. And I have the biggest gripe about this scene in English. They took way too much licensing. They made him sound like a dumb kid who's just like, I'm stronger than you. That's why I have this wood sword and I'm going to beat you up. And like, it, oh, isn't. Don't you want to be a member of the Demon Hunter Corps? Whereas in Japanese, he's like, act like a man. Be a man. Stand up for yourself. And it's like, what are you What are you doing kneeling down on the ground after he jumps down and swings his sword at him and, like, makes him stumble? And it's like, what are you doing on the ground? Like, what are you waiting for? 
And then Tanjiro takes that fighting stance. Whereas in English, he's like, get up, take a fighting stance. And I'm like, ah. They made him very, like, antagonistic. And he was constantly just kind of mocking Tanjiro like a bully would. Trying to maybe, you know, well, make Tanjiro light a fire under his ass. But in, it was weird. It was a weird. In Japanese, I felt that scene as that that mentor, that person who's above you, who is telling you, no, you're not good enough. And the, this is what you need to do now. You need to show me what you're capable of so that I can show you how to get to the next step because I've already done it. Whereas in English, it was that antagonistic, like, oh, I'm better than you, um, and that's why you need to learn from me. Where, like, it, it held so much more weight for me in Japanese being like, this is a master showing a student, and this is his way of teaching. Versus in English, felt a lot more like, I'm a peer, and... You know, I'm better than you. It's like it's like that rival mentality is essentially yeah. what he was kind of going for and was being just, like I said, a bully. So he's really just trying to, like, light a fire under Tanjiro's ass to be like, listen, I already cut my boulder. You've been doing this year and a half. You don't even know how to do total concentration breathing. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, and then, and then we immediately uh, meet our next character, Makomo. Uh, Makoto. Makoto, yeah. Makoto, not Makomo. I might be wrong. Might be Makomo. Bromo. Makomo. Okay, Makomo. Because uh, I did do a little bit of research on names. Uh, because, fun fact, most Japanese, most anime, I don't know why I said Japanese there. So most anime have, like, the names for their characters always mean something. And it's not just in anime that's Japanese names as a whole. Um, I don't know exactly how they're spelt, uh, so I can't give, like, exact representation on what the names mean, but to my understanding, Sabito most likely means, like, elegant, simple person, uh, which certainly was showcased as, like, him being eloquent, eloquent with his sword swings and everything like that, uh, with Tanjiro being like, oh, he has no wasted movement, which makes so much sense in the name, and then... No power fall off from his strikes. Yeah, and, and then Makomo uh, most likely means uh, pure or genuine, which I'm not 100% on because Makomo's direct translation is a type of wild rice. Like, super weird, but yeah. Enter the more you know sound. <laughs> uh, maybe, well, maybe that's a play on, like, uh, you know, being fair-skinned. Very possible, because, you know, having white skin is popular or at least used to be popular in Japan. But, you know, after Sabito essentially gets his, like, Sabito kicks Tanjiro's butt, he says, I'm leaving the training to you. And uh, Makomo uh, is now going to help Tanjiro stop doing all these things wrong when he is swinging his sword. He's saying, you know, she helped me get rid of all my wasted movement. She's helping me fine-tune the things that I've been doing wrong this whole time. And then every single day, he's been getting even better and better. And eventually, he keeps fighting Sabito, but he finds himself keep getting beaten by Sabito all the time. Until we reach one of the climaxes of this episode. And there, there has been a few up till this point. But this was one of the more 
like profound moments for him as a character. Oh, absolutely. Like we got to see so much character growth from Tanjiro as a general whole. Like that was something that I was really, really happy to see this episode is the level of growth that he got over these two years. Like a two year training montage, not a short amount of time, especially in anime. I mean, you see so many other animes cover things over months and this anime goes, okay, well, instead of doing a time skip, we're doing we're showing you this montage and this effort and this work that was put in over this amount of time. And a few times, Sandro almost giving up throughout that time. Yeah, he said there was no chance he could do this. There was no way. How am I ever going to cut this boulder? I don't think I'm going to be able to beat him ever. And that's exactly why Sabuto and Makomo showed up. And just, just awesome, awesome introduction for Sabuto. I loved that scene so much. That was my favorite scene this episode, uh, was that introduction. And frankly, like him belittling Tanjiro, but... But really, just showing him where he's lacking. Uh, what, what was your What was your favorite? Uh, well, before we get to uh, yeah, we should finish it up first because mine mine's still coming. Uh, it's been two for full years, and then Makomo says says the words, "Beat that guy too," right after. Uh, probably what is your favorite scene of that last fight between them? Sabito having the sword for the first time. Uh, in their fight together, and him being like, oh, you you finally come to me looking like a man. This was one of the coolest moments of this whole, like, last two episodes was because this is now, like, everything Tanjiro has been working and striving towards for two years. And it, it is my runner-up for favorite scene. And he, I don't, You'd have to remind me how they translated this in Japanese because I was watching it in English right before I got here. And it's the one that stuck with me currently. But he said, on this day, in this fight, my sword struck first. Yeah. Uh, so so that was was correct. And he, like, in terms of milliseconds. And then, you know, you see Sabito's face, his mask gets cut clean off. In half. In half. And he's just smiling at Tanjiro. And they said, you've done it. Oh, uh, but what an, what an expression. Like, a smile that was happy and sad at the same time. Like, as that of being, like, relieved. And now we see Tanjiro elated. And all of a sudden, you see... Sabito and Makomo start fading away and they're saying, you can do this. She said, beat the next guy for me. Well, she said specifically beat that guy too. So like that, that was like, and continue to beat the next guy for me. Well, for, for me, I was like, what? Like beat that guy too. Like who's, who's that guy. And I think that is a foreshadow, uh, to the next few episodes, but you know, I will I will talk that up when that happens. But Tanjiro is now in like a state of bewilderment where he's like, that that thing I felt that I cut through, I was so certain it was his mask. And it wasn't the mask, it was the boulder. And bam, Tanjiro did it. He's achieved the next step. He cut thy holy boulder. But it fades to black right when he does that realization. And that is my favorite part. 
because it gives me straight chills. Yeah. <laughs> the the time he's like he's like it wasn't his mask, it was the boulder, and then the the ending song kicks in, it's just goosebumps like up my arm that whole time. And I was just like that's how you end a fucking episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I put my notes down because <laughs> you can't play them around near the mic. But it's awesome, guys. Ow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my I had I had a lot of trouble this episode finding something that missed for me again because this episode was just like it was mainly a training episode as a whole. Like it, this whole episode was basically a training montage, and everything really hit so hard for me this episode, being like. You know, this is his growth. This is his development. These are the challenges that he's going through. He has the drive. He has the determination. And we have a few lighthearted moments throughout that really showcase Tanjiro growing and and really becoming ready. And then him having the long hair and everything in that end sequence. Can we just appreciate how dope he looked with that really long hair after two years? Uh, I'm extremely sad that he ends up cutting that. And it's just like, but you look so cool. <laughs> I didn't know he, I didn't remember that he cut it. So thanks for another spoiler. <laughs> You're terrible at this. Uh, they cut to black. You don't know. You can see it. It's That's in not every, episode every by episode. Key. He doesn't have his long hair anymore. And it's just sad because it looks so dope. We don't know. I want to see it in the next episode. <laughs> I, I had one gripe, and that was there was one gripe only. Um, I wanted a little more about why Nezuko has been, you know, unconscious for six months. Well, uh, but it wasn't her episode. Two years at this point. I don't. I they also didn't mention. Well, they if did, she woke up. They at did any a, of that time. They did a full year, so we know for a fact that it has been at least a full year of her being asleep. Yeah, they mentioned the doctors, but they didn't say anything else. Well, so. after after a year is when the doctor came in. So we know for a fact she was asleep for at least a full year. Yeah, so then I was like, what happened? Is there a reason? Can we get one? But it, again, it, she wasn't the focus. That was kind of like a throwaway. That uh, that was not. It didn't upset me, but it was the one thing that I was like, but I want more. Give me, Give me more, like now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the end of the episode for me was like, give me more now, because like that fade to black and everything. I was so excited. I know they got you really like jazzed up for the next episodes. Yeah, well, it's like if that's the next step, what's the step after that? And we'll find out that we will. Thank you <laughs> for for not spoiling. Andrew's too far ahead. Um, So. Do you have any any more to add for this episode? I mean, it was it was overall for me probably my favorite episode so far. We got to talk MVPs. Oh, yeah. So my MVP with I'll mention my close second first. The Holy Boulder, which I will explain in a filler episode because it contains a spoiler. So catch us next week for our filler episode. Uh, if you want to hear about that, uh, and you're willing to hear a little bit of a spoiler for our next next episode, so Boulder, close second, very close second, 
because I mean, let's let's just be honest here. It's doing a lot more work than you think it is. But my first MVP MVP for this episode is actually not a sword or an axe. Uh, it's Mr. Orokodaki. Uh, just really putting in all that work and and getting down those basics for Tanjiro, which are ultimately the most important part of anything, right? The fundamentals are infinitely important. If you forget the fundamentals, you can't learn any of the rest. So, Mr. Orokodaki for the win. Okay, so because of your previous answers, uh, from episodes one and two. <laughs> yeah. I have my own stupid one. Fantastic. What is it? Tanjiro's journal. Oh my God. I can't believe I didn't think of that. Because, you know, he wrote down everything that's happened in these last two years, not only for his sister, but for himself. So he would have forgotten maybe some of these training things that Urokodaki taught him. He said he needed that book to keep training himself for that half a year when Urokodaki stopped. Yeah, you're right. I, Wow, I think I need to change my MVP. That's not dumb at all. That's fantastic. And for all we know, that's coming in clutch for this entire season or longer. Like, this may be, like, where this entire story is coming from. So, of course, the journal is MVP. <laughs> I'm so dumb. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> it's decided we found our official MVP for this episode is Tanjiro's journal. Get in the comments. Let us know if you agree or disagree. Personally, that is now hands down. <laughs> and I guess... We'll see you in our filler episode or, you know, episodes four and five. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. We're looking forward to having you in for our next episode. Next episode is filler episode. Come down, check us out. We're going to be chatting about random stuff and we'll see what we end up getting into. Always a little bit about anime. Thank you so much for listening along. Love to see you in our next episode. And until then, you enjoy watching.